0: This is part three of the Hidden from Jehovah's Witnesses video series. We're going to be dealing with dates in um, this part of the video. Three dates that are very important to Jehovah's Witnesses, two of which most Jehovah's Witnesses know nothing about today. We're going to deal with 1914, 1925, and 1975. When you ask Jehovah's Witnesses leaders these days what happened in 1975, they will deny that they ever had anything to do with the events of 1975. Most Jehovah's Witnesses who are in the group have no clue what happened in 1975. Years ago, Jehovah's Witnesses tried to recruit me into their group. And I'm not the kind of person to go join some group without doing research. I want to find out what I'm getting involved in. I think it's only wise. Well. I began to purchase their books, and look through and read through what they had written. And I learned that as a Jehovah's Witness, the members who are Jehovah's Witnesses are required to obey whatever the leaders say without question. You don't have the authority in the group to question what the leaders say. They put up a bunch of articles telling their members they are not to exercise independent thinking no matter what. They must think like the group. The leaders give you the questions and the leaders give you the answers. And unless you answer the way the leaders say answer, they will kick you out of the group. And then they'll shun you. I found it interesting when I went to the JW website. In their facts section, they ask, do Jehovah's Witnesses shun former members? And they say no at first, and then they say yes, they do. They can't even give you a straight answer on that. One thing I learned, though, here's one of their books Jehovah's Witnesses and the Divine Purpose you're told as a Jehovah's Witness you're supposed to trust these leaders they call themselves the faithful discreet slave. they call themselves the governing body but I learned when looking through their publications that the leadership doesn't even be honest about even the smallest of things let me give you an example In this book here Jehovah's Witnesses and the Divine Purpose page 63 they have a role play where there is a Jehovah's Witness and there is somebody trying to recruit into the group and a simple question was asked I want you to hear the answer, take a listen to this, page 63 in this book Jehovah's Witnesses and the Divine Purpose it says, but is it true you have never published a biography of Pastor Russell, that's the founder of Jehovah's Witness Group John, that's right, Jehovah's Witnesses admired the qualities he possessed as a man But were we to give honor and credit to Pastor Russell, we would be saying that the works and success were his. But Jehovah's Witnesses believe that God's Spirit, uh, that it is God's Spirit that guides and directs his people. So they're saying they never wrote a biography about their founder, right? That's so simple, so small. Why lie? Why lie? The divine plan of the ages... Divine Plan of the Ages. This is a Watchtower publication. Watchtower, I'm going to put it up on the screen for you. You see there, Watchtower Bible and Tract Society publication right there. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society right down on your screen. I'm going to show you right here in the book. What does it say? I'm putting it right here on the screen. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. I'm just going to slide it right over. Right over. You see it's the same book. Same book, scrolling down. What does that say? It says biography of Pastor Russell. And this biography of Pastor Russell that they claimed they never wrote goes on for page after page after page after page. But they claimed they never wrote a biography on Pastor Russell. Yes, they did they lied if they'll lie to you about something as minor as to whether or not they wrote a biography about their founder and remember they said if they wrote a biography about their founder it means that all the praise and the glory for what happens with this group goes to him and not to God I began to wonder what else were they not being honest about The Jehovah's Witness leaders try to claim that outsiders are the ones that started the whole rumor that the Watchtower Society had predicted that the world was going to end in 1975. Well, when you look in their publications, you find otherwise. Here's an example of their first publication dealing with the issue of 1975. Take a listen to this. And for those of you watching the video, the actual photocopy is on the screen for you to see.
1: Watchtower, our October 15, 1966, page 628 and 629. Rejoicing over God's sons of liberty, spiritual feast. Only a liberated people can preach a release to, to captives. Conventioners were told in the speech, preach a release to the captives, which thrilled them with its hopeful outlook. Jehovah, the God of freedom and liberty, has freed his people from Babylonish bondage and has given them a work of liberation to do. That work of liberation and salvation must go on to the finish. To give aid today in this critical time to prospective sons of God, announced President Knorr, a new book in English entitled Life Everlasting and of, Freedom of the Sons of God has been published. At all assembly points where it was released, the book was received enthusiastically. Crowds gathered around stands and soon supplies of the book were depleted. Immediately, its contents were examined. It did not take the brothers very long to find a chart beginning on page 31 showing that 6,000 years of man's existence end in 1975. Discussion of 1975 overshadowed about everything else. The new book compels us to realize that Armageddon is, in fact, very close indeed, said the conventioner. Surely, it was one of the outstanding blessings to be carried on. So as you just heard
0: from that article there, dated Watchtower, October 1966, page 628-629, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society was the one that began the whole 1975 issue. It was not outsiders. It was the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society themselves that started the whole end of the world would be 1975 thing. And they started it off with that article... In this book, Life Everlasting and Freedoms of the Sons of God, as you just heard them mention. In this book, we'll put it up on the screen, page 29, it says these words. According to this trustworthy Bible chronology, 6,000 years from man's creation will end in 1975 and the seventh period of a thousand years of human history will begin in the fall of 1975 CE so six thousand years of man's existence on earth will soon be up yes within this generation who started the whole 1975 being the end of the world thing the leadership claim was outsiders but I've only been checking their own publications they're the ones that started it now when they released these books their members get very excited about it. Why? Because if the leaders speak it, far as the members are concerned, it might as well be coming directly from God. So some of them even went to the press. And what you're going to hear right now is an interview that was done 1968 with a Jehovah's Witness elder. And I want you to hear this man brashly and boldly tell this reporter when she asked him about 1975 telling her that She will perish in 1975. Take a listen
2: to this. Mr Philip Rees, the assistant to the presiding minister at Watchtower House in Mill Hill, London, spiritual home of Britain's 54,000 witnesses, a glossy complex of meeting halls, libraries, hostel accommodation and printing works, from which each week magazines and books in five languages, including Croatian, streams, met me on Thursday. I challenged him that the threat of a year of doom, 1975, seem to be a fairly wild and irresponsible surmise.
3: Uh, Well, I don't accept your term the year of doom, 1975, uh, but we don't um, put it as a threat. We firmly believe that uh, in the near future this system of things is going to perish because the Bible plainly says that all the way through it. But uh, we want people to uh, appreciate that it is the prelude to the kingdom of God. You you, You sweep away the old before the incoming of the new.
2: Well, if the end does come in 75, will we all be dead?
3: Yes, uh, Armageddon, when it comes, is going to mean a sweeping away of this system. And the system of things, of course, is built up of individuals. That's why we do not tire of telling the people, you must now come out of this system of things, come out of Babylon the Great, and take your stand for God's kingdom, because that alone is going to survive.
4: What will happen to the rest of the people?
3: The rest of the people will perish how by um, the um, by the forces of uh, God uh, just how I don't know uh, I don't know exactly how it will have to be selective because the Bible says that the sheep like ones are going to be preserved and the goat like ones those who resist the kingdom of God and the, the instruction of Jehovah God will perish so it must be selective or whatever it is
0: And the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses continued to seek out the press to push this 1975 date. This one here, the Arizona Republic, 1969. You see it right up on your screen. Title of the article, Witnesses Give World Five Years at the Most. Writer of the article, Marie H. Hollings, Republic Religious Editor. This is what it says. Within months or at the most five years, the end of the world as we have known it will occur and the thousand-year reign of Jesus will begin. This is the view of the approximately 400,000 members sect calling itself Jehovah's Witnesses. According to Earl Burton Paradise Valley Unit of Jehovah's Witnesses, the prediction is based on the estimate that 1975 will mark the end of 6,000 years since the time of Adam and Eve and that according to Scripture is when Armageddon will occur Revelation 16.16 by Armageddon he explained he doesn't mean the destruction of the world but rather a change in the political system of things all presently existing influences must be eliminated and that is quoted it says next also quoted after 6,000 years of deterioration of mankind there will be a thousand years of refining mankind he said at the end of that period man will be perfect as Adam and Eve were before the fall he said, there will be no death and no need for an act of reproduction. Men will know when this period begins, Burton declared, by signs of the downfall of organized religion. He cited Revelation 17. Let me scroll down to a little bit more of his prediction here. It says here, he predicted people will abandon religion as we see it today with its hypocritical priests and their handouts. Then the political leaders will abolish religion. Then will come the destruction of politics in the Battle of Armageddon. The survivors will be those who stayed obedient to God and neutral in politics. That's a pretty big prediction he let out there as a Jehovah's Witness leader. And all of this was supposed to take place in 1975, according to the Jehovah's Witnesses, and they went to the press with it. And this article here is from Time Magazine, 1975. It says, Witnessing the End. If this turns out to be the last time they all got together, the thousands of Jehovah's Witnesses who gathered last week in New York City's Yankee Stadium for an international assembly will not be a bit surprised. In fact, they fully expect the cataclysm of Armageddon within the next few years, the latest calculations of this energetic Eschological-minded sect date the end of the world in autumn 1975. Where did they get that information from? They have a picture there of Nathan Knorr, one of the presidents of the Watchtower Society, standing there at the assembly. Getting his picture taken by the press, the caption underneath says, "Nor soon to depart this wicked scheme. The leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses had a whole campaign going on called "It's later Than You Think. This here at The Awake magazine, October 8, 1968. The title, "Is it later than you think? Question mark. Subtitle: Is time running out for this generation? What will the 1970s bring? October 8, 1968: Continuing to push. This 1975 will be the end of the world thing. We're going to go back again to the speeches that they gave. Not everybody heard the speeches, but everyone would get the magazines. So what I'm going to be letting you hear, this speech is going to run long. I'm going to let you know it's a long speech, but I want to play it in its context. That's why I'm playing the long version. I want you to hear what the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses actually told their people. I want you to hear their actual words in the context so that you can hear them stressing 1975, 1975, 1975. At the end of this message, you will hear him say, stay alive till 75. You'll hear him talking about things he wants the members to do and not do, things they can do and can't do because the time is so short. This speech was given by a man by the name of Charles Sunutko in Sheboygan, 1967, and you'll hear him talking about the events of 1975 and the Watchtower's predictions. Take a listen. We'll all still hold on for life, because as long as there is
5: life, we find there is hope. If this is true of... Uh most persons, how much more true would it be of Jehovah's Witnesses? Because not only do we have the present life to hold on to and to live for, but we hold on to the hope of everlasting life. Because Jesus promised us in Romans the sixth chapter that the reward God would give would be everlasting life, so we have a strong desire and instinct to want to survive and pursue it and to eventually realize to say, conditions in God's new order. But in this uh, run for life, some of us looking forward to a change in this old system and its destruction for many years now, there are some of us who get a little weary and a little tired. And sometimes we just want to throw our hands up and say, I just don't know if I can go on any further. But uh, just like a runner, when he's running a course and he gets near the end, just about the time when he thinks he just can't go in on any further, he realizes, well, there's the go-ahead of it. He's come around the last lap and there it is. Well, all of a sudden he just seems to get some reserve power from nowhere, and... With a sudden surge of energy on, he goes to break the finish line rope and win the prize. Well, now, as Jehovah's Witnesses, as runners, even though some of us have become a little weary, it almost seems as though Jehovah has provided meat in due season, because he's held up before all of us a new goal a new year something to reach out for and it just seems it's given all of us so much more energy and power in this final burst of speed to the finish line and that's the year 1975. There's been a lot of talk about the year back even this week some individuals have uh, been wondering well what does it mean or do we dare talk about it uh, uh, is it something we can discuss among ourselves, even though we might talk, not talk about it too much in public? Do we really know what it means? Well, we don't have to guess what the year 1975 means, if we read the Watchtower, because the Watchtower has been very explicit as to what the year 1975 means for us. If you wish to write down the page 262 in the 1967 issue of the Watchtower, Tower, we read, What does the year 1975 mean for humankind? The end of 6,000 years of human existence, and possibly the time when God executes the wicked, And starts off a thousand year reign under his son, Jesus Christ. Unquote. What did it say? The end of six thousand years of human existence, and that's all? No. It gave us a little more to think about there. Did it say for certainty, the time when God executes the wicked and starts off the thousand year reign by Jesus Christ? No. But it didn't give us a glimmer of light, it says, possibly, possibly the time when God executes the wicked and starts off the thousand-year reign of his son, Jesus Christ, 1975. Doesn't that give you a little bit of uh, excitement about the future? Even if there is the possibility that that's it? When God will bring the Battle of Armageddon and clean this whole earth off, and you'll be ushered right into a paradise earth forevermore, never again to be afflicted with this satanic old system of things. It will be gone down. It should excite all of us. There are the skeptics who say, well, I'm not going to think about it and not worry about it. Not even going to pay attention to it. Well, now remember, brothers, the faithful and discreet slave is used by Jesus Christ to do what? Jesus says to provide meat in due season. This is meat, and it's come at the right time, and it's in its due season, and it's not wrong to think about it and to look forward to it. As far as knowing for sure, well, we know what we know for sure. We just read it. The end of 6,000 years of human history and possibly the execution of the wicked in the beginning of the 1,000-year reign. And that should be exciting enough and talk enough for us. When you think about it, what a fantastic short span of time that is. How many of you here were in New York City in 1958? Would you hold up your hands? Great majority of you here. Where's the time gone since then? Just seemed like yesterday we were there. But do you realize that more time has passed away since that assembly in 1958, where a quarter of a million of Jehovah's Witnesses gathered than what is left? to 1975. Hard to imagine, isn't it? Yes, that was nine years ago. It's only eight years to 75. How little time there is left. How much to happen. We just wait now with everlasting life in view and we serve with the future unveiling in front of us. Very soon now we wait for on the Great to be turned upon and severely scathed and destroyed and decimated to where there's nothing left of her. And then the cry, peace and safety, we finally got rid of the old harlot, she's off our back. No more religion to bother us, the nations say. But oh there they are, rearing their ugly heads up above the dust, Jehovah's Witnesses. Now with a message more fierce than has ever been heard before. Now with a taunt song to the nations. You see? We told you Babylon, the Great was going down, was going to be destroyed. You said it would never happen, but you did it yourself. Now you're next. Jehovah will destroy you. You think they're going to like that? That's when they all combine, all the communistic and democratic powers together, with one objective in mind, wipe out those people. And then truly we'll be rid of all antagonists and have peace and safety and we'll have our unified world. But when they begin to attack Jehovah's Witnesses, strange things begin to happen. It seems to be calamities are brought by Jehovah God in a fierce and horrifying way as though they've never seen things of this nature before. Flesh-eating plagues are mentioned by Zechariah that will sweep this earth, rot the eyes out of the sockets and the tongues out of the mouths. They'll run screaming out of their houses with this striking them and yet they'll see Jehovah's Witnesses are untouched. I want to get in now. Let me be one of you. It's too late now. And then Jehovah God seems to bring the natural forces against this old system. Terror on air, in land and in the sea. Fratricidal warfare, neighbor against neighbor. Every unhuman, inhumane thing that could occur not only from men, but even from natural forces. And Armageddon seems to have two phases now. The latest Watson hour brought out, if you've read it, where it says there's such a thing as a just war. Phase one. All the united efforts among the nations destroyed. All political organization gone. All that's left are the kings standing by themselves without an ally or friend in the world, all super suspicious of each other, all standing there tense. Phase two. Jehovah strikes confusion into their hearts. And in the mad the fury and flurry, they turn on each other, destroying one another. And what is left then, Jehovah God calls the supernatural angels in the cavalry of Jesus Christ to close in on them, 200 million angels, with all their destructive power. And what a power that's going to be. One angel in one night is when the Syrian forces of Sennacherib came against Israel, destroyed 185,000 soldiers. Let's say that the 200 million angels of Jesus Christ are limited in power, and they can only destroy 185,000. That will give them the potential to destroy 37 trillion persons. There aren't near that many on the earth. In fact, that's 12,333 times the number of people even alive. All that power wrapped up in the cavalry of Jesus Christ, and all of that, possibly... Has to happen and be finished within the year 1975. Exciting years ahead of us. And then look beyond that, the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ. Know what that means? All the dead being brought back. Just think of the dear ones you've lost maybe in the last five or ten years. But you look forward to seeing them coming back. Well, it won't be long now. Look at what's ahead you think you're going to mind having to work with the crops and the land when you find out that your loved one's going to come back and you have to plant a little extra for them? you think you're going to mind uh, when you're notified maybe a little in advance that you need some shelter, that you're going to have to build it on for your loved one's temporary living quarters when they come back? Just think what it's going to be like when the family is notified it's time and you all gather there waiting and you see them rise up out of the dust. Like Isaiah says, awake you in the dust, you residents, come alive. Think you're going to mind seeing that? That's our future. What a wonderful one. The resurrection is something to stagger the imagination with immensity. When it comes to the number that will be back, we don't know for sure, but some comments have been made by the Society that could give some idea. You may want to make note of these references, read them later. Things in which it's impossible for God to lie, paragraph 12, page 350. Billions who died before Jesus, billions who died since. will be back. Latest publication, Life Everlasting and Freedom of the Sons of God, page 393, paragraph 26, thousands of millions. The Watchtower, 1964. Page 722, paragraph 24. And listen to this. Tens of billions will be back. How many are tens of billions? Well, at least 20 billion. Because to have tens of billion in the plural, you have to have two cents of 10 billions. So it's a very minimum figure. Let's say even 20 billion coming back. What a fantastic accomplishment that's going to be for our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there was a tract one time printed by the Society called Millennial Hope Explained where it mentioned an estimated 20 billion would be back in the resurrection. Could be. This gives you an idea. It fires the imagination. Do you realize what are an accomplishment and what an undertaking that's going to be? Why, if just 20 billion were brought back from the dead every day for a thousand years, they'd have to bring back 60,000. Every day for a thousand years. Of course, uh, it most likely won't take the whole thousand years, The society has indicated. We don't know how long the resurrection will take, but that will probably squeeze the number up to where possibly even more would be coming back. What a thrilling time we have to live for, my brothers. How much we have to gain by serving God with everlasting life in view. But you know the sad part of it? There are going to be some of us here who won't see it. Possibly. Wouldn't that be an awful thing? With all of that in the future, some of us here tonight may not live to see it. Will you? You know there's a way to find out? There's a way to decide right here and now whether you'll make it or whether you will not. Let's see what that is. Turning to Luke, the 13th chapter, we get some information on it. In Luke 13, let's begin to read Jesus' words. Thirteen, starting with the 22nd verse. Now, Jesus is going village to village and city to city. In verse 23, it says, Now a certain man said to him, Lord, are those who are going to be saved few? He said to them, Exert yourselves vigorously to get in through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will seek to get in but will not be able when once the householder has got up and locked the door, and then you start to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Sir, open to us." In answer he'll say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will start saying, But we ate and drank in front of you, and you taught in our broad ways. But he will speak and say to you, I don't know where you're from. Get away from me. All you workers of unrighteousness, there is where your weeping and the gnashing of your teeth will be. What's Jesus saying here? What do you think he's saying here? Well, first of all, those of us here tonight that do not do what he says in verse 24, exert yourselves vigorously, will not be able to get in. That's step number one, exert ourselves vigorously through the narrow door. But then he describes a certain class of Christians in God's organization that would find themselves in this position. It says, when the householder has gone up and locked the door, Then you start to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Sir, open to us. And who would that refer to? Well, as far as closing the door, when is it shut down? The destruction of Babylon the Great. The door will be shut down. And then it says, Some of us will come and want to get into the Lord's organization then. And then we'll say, Sir, open to us. And Jesus will look out at us and he'll say, I don't even know you. But then we panic and we say, Well, we ate and drank in front of you, and you taught us in our broad ways. What's that a desperation attempt to do? That's a desperation attempt to say to Jesus, Well, it's me. You remember me. I sat in front of you, and you taught us in your broad ways. Remember, I came to the Lost Tower study once a week. And you remember when the when the circuit server was there, I never missed? At every memorial I came? What did he say that? I'm sorry, I don't know you. I don't recognize you. You didn't love the Lord's people enough to be there all the time. You didn't love my house enough to be there all the time. Now I try to come and show you love me. If you loved me, you would have been there so I don't recognize you as one of my people. Get away from me. You had time to work righteousness. Now get away from me, you worker of lawlessness. You had your opportunity. Stand out there with the weeping and the gnashing of the teeth. Beat your chest. And wouldn't we? Wouldn't we at that time, if we were left outside, beat our chests in agony and mash our teeth and weep and say, God, I was so close. What did I fool around for? Why didn't I do something with the truth when I had the opportunity? Why did I make all those excuses? Why did I try to fool Jehovah God? Well, now who will be there? of us here tonight. for so the Society of married application of this scripture and pointing out that those of us among Jehovah's Witnesses that are not regularly associating with his people without good cause such as being flat on our back will not be in the new order. And we're the ones that are going to come around when the doors is closed and say, I want in now. Sir, open to us. And Jesus will have to say, I'm sorry, I don't even recognize you. wouldn't that be an awful thing? Do you see now why the society implores us year in and year out the same old thing? Brothers, get in the flock. Don't let any excuses get in our way. Nothing of any nature. There's only one thing that's going to count when that time comes, and that's that we are inside. And we hope that all of us here tonight are going to listen to the societies imploring. They're going to listen to their agonizing and brothers get in because they know what's coming. And it's coming fast. And don't wait until 75. The door is going to be shut before that. So, what are we going to do now with our future? Why not be like the little piglet you ever see a piglet born? It's quite an amazing thing. They come out from behind the mother's legs. They're blind. They can't see. They're still attached to their mother's umbilical cord. And somehow they've got to break free of that umbilical cord, come around the mother's legs, and find the milk. How do they do it? Well, watch them. Sometimes they tug and they pull and they scratch. They fall. They get up and they jerk and they yank. They fall again, and they get up again, and they tug and pull some more, and pretty soon they break loose and those little legs. They go around the mother's legs, and they come up, and they find their reward, their milk. Now we can do the same. We're going to fall once in a while. We're going to slip. It's going to be hard pulling and hard tugging, but don't give in. Get up again on our feet and run. The goal is there, everlasting life, serve within you. Do what Jesus Christ said, sir, with everlasting view, as long as Jehovah asks us. Jesus urged endurance on your part. And then he says, by enduring, you will acquire your souls. As one brother put it, stay alive to 75
0: and listening to him speak I have to say that the Bible verse from James one eight in my King James Bible a double minded man is unstable in all his ways in what you just heard there you heard him say 1975 would be the end then it could be the end then it might be the end then it will be the end then they're predicting that your dead relatives are going to come back then maybe they'll come back That's how they did in their speeches They played all the bases Saying that it would happen And it might happen And it could happen But they always stressed That 1975 was the big year They knew not everyone would hear the speeches But they knew that everyone Would read the books and magazines So I'm going to show you a bit more Of what they wrote in their books and magazines Where they came right out and said That 1975
1: would be the end Awake October 8, 1966, page 18-20 to How much longer will it be? When? This generation. So it was to our generation that Jesus referred when he added the key thought, This generation will by no means pass away until all these things occur. The generation that saw the beginning of the woes in 1914 would also see the end of Satan and his entire wicked system of things. Some who were alive then would still be alive when the end comes. It is to be carefully noted that the youngest of those who saw with understanding the developing sign of the end of the system of things from its start in 1914 are now well over 60 years of age. In fact, the greater part of the adult generation that experienced the start of the last days has already passed away in death. The generation to which they belonged is now well along toward its complete passing away. The time left then is definitely limited and it is very short. Note too that Jesus pointedly said, this generation will by no means pass away until all these things occur. So we should not look for the passing away of all members of that generation. The end of this wicked system of things will come before all members could pass away. 6,000 years completed in 1975. There is another chronological indication that we are rapidly nearing the closing time for this wicked system of things. It is a fact that shortly, according to reliable tribal chronology, 6,000 years of human history will come to an end. After 6,000 years of toil and bondage to sin, sickness, death and Satan, mankind is due to enjoy a rest, and is in dire need of a rest. Hence the fact that we are nearing the end of the first 6,000 years of man's existence is of great significance. Does God's rest day parallel the time man has been on earth since his creation? Apparently so. From the most reliable investigations of Bible chronology harmonized with many accepted dates of secular history, we find that Adam was created in the autumn of the year 4026 BCE. Sometime in that same year, Eve could well have been created directly after which God God's rest day commenced, in what year then would the first 6,000 years of man's existence and also the first 6,000 years of God's rest day come to an end, the year 1975. This is worthy of notice, particularly in view of the fact that the last days began in 1914 and that the physical fact of our day in fulfillment of prophecy mark this as the last generation of this wicked world. So we can expect the immediate future to be Filled with thrilling events for those who rest their faith in God and His promises. It means that within relatively few years, we will witness the fulfillment of the remaining prophecies that have to do with the time of the end. Relatively few years. This is 1966 until 1935, that's few years. 2012 is not few years. Our Kingdom Ministry of March 1968 on page 4. Increasing your ministry increases your happiness. Since we have dedicated ourselves to Jehovah, we want to do His will to the fullest extent possible. Making some special efforts to do more than the usual helps us live up to our dedication. In view of the short period of time left, we want to do this as often as circumstances permit. Just think, brothers, there are only about 90 months left before 6,000 years of man's existence on earth is completed. Do you remember what we learned at the assemblies last summer? The majority of people living today will probably be alive when Armageddon breaks out. And there are no resurrection hopes for those who were destroyed then. So, now, more than ever, it is vital not to ignore that spirit of wanting to do more. So here you see the watch garden say Armageddon may break out. It says Armageddon will break out. May 22nd, 1969, page 15. What future for the young? If you are a young person, you also need to face the fact that you will never grow old in this present system of things. Why not? Because all the evidence in fulfillment of Bible prophecy indicates that this corrupt system is due to end in a few years Of the generation that observed the beginning of the last days in 1914 Jesus foretold, this generation will by no means pass away until all these things occur Therefore, as a young person, you will never fulfill any career that this system offers If you are in high school and thinking about a college education This means at least four, perhaps even six or eight more years to graduate into a specialized career But where will this system of things be by that time? It will be well on the way towards its finish, if not actually gone. This is why parents who base their lives on God's prophetic word find it much more practical to direct their young ones into trades that do not require such a long period of additional schooling. And trades such as carpentry, plumbing, and others will be useful not only now, but perhaps even more so in the reconstruction work that will take place in God's new order. With such practical trades, many young persons have been able to sustain themselves with part-time work. This allows them to spend much more of their time helping interested persons to learn God's requirements for life by studying the Bible with them. True, those who do not understand where we are in this, this stream of time from God's viewpoint will call this impractical. But which is really impractical? Preparing yourself for a position in this world that soon will pass away? or working towards surviving the systems and, and enjoying eternal life in God's righteous new order. The Kingdom Ministry of June 1969 on page 3 Will you be finishing school soon? If so, what have you decided to do after you graduate? Or are you one who has already finished school? What course of activity are you pursuing? Of course, there may be a tempting offer of higher education or of going into some field of work that promises material rewards. However, Jehovah God holds out to you young folks many marvelous privileges of service in his organization, which will you decide to take up? In view of the short time left, a decision to pursue a career in this system of things is not only unwise, but extremely dangerous. On the other hand, a decision to take advantage of what God offers through His organization opens up excellent opportunities for advancement, as well as a rich, meaningful life that will never end. Turning down worldly opportunities in order to pioneer. Many young brothers and sisters were offered scholarships or employment that promised fine pay. However, they turned them down and put spiritual interests first.
0: Now, the honest question to ask right now is, if they were not saying the world's going to end in 1975, then why is it that they were allowing their members to do this? Even going as far as telling the kids that they're not gonna live long enough to grow old. I mean come on guys. This is what they were teaching their people leading up to nineteen seventy five and
1: there's more. Take a listen to this. The watchtower of may first, nineteen seventy, page two seventy three. An in gathering affecting all mankind. Everyone would like to know how much longer the present system will continue and when God's purpose will be accomplished on earth in the same full way as in heaven. Jesus answered that this good news of the kingdom will be preached in all the inhabited earth. And then the end will come. Hence, in the Greek Bible text, he used the word telos, or end, to distinguish what he meant from the centeleia, or conclusion, of the system of things, the harvest period in which we now live. How close we may exactly be to the end of the present divisive system of things cannot be predicted, as Jesus reported that even he did not know the day or the hour at at the time of his earthly ministry. However, Bible chronology, which indicates that Adam was created in the fall of the year 4026 BCE, would bring us down to the year 1975 CE, as a date marking 6,000 years of human history with yet 1,000 years to come for for Christ's kingdom rule. So whatever the date for the end of the system, it is clear that the time left is reduced, with only approximately six years left until the end of 6,000 years of human history. This corroborates the understanding of Jesus' words, that the generation alive in 1914, with the outbreak of World War I, would not pass away until the end comes. Only a short time, then, remains for, the, for persons who love righteousness to show God that they want to be in the Ark His ark of Protection and live to see the blessings of the new system of things. The Kingdom Ministry of May 1974, on page 3 How are you using your life? Yes, the end of the system is so very near. Is that not reason to increase our activity? In this regard, we can learn something from a runner who puts on a final burst of speed near the finish of a race. Look at Jesus who apparently stepped up his activity during his final days on earth. In fact, over 27% of the material in the Gospels is devoted to just the last week of Jesus' earthly ministry. By carefully and prayerfully examining our own circumstances, we also may find that we can spend more time and energy in preaching during this final period before the present systems end. Many of our brothers and sisters are doing just that. This is evident from the rapidly increasing number of pioneers. Yes, since the summer of 1973, there have been new peaks in pioneers every month. Now there are 20,394 regular and special pioneers in the United States, an all-time peak. That is 5,190 more than there were in February of 1973, a 34% increase. Does that not warm our hearts? Reports are heard of brothers selling their homes and property and planning to finish out the rest of their days in this old system in the pioneer service. Certainly, this is a fine way to spend a short time remaining before the wicked world's end. Now, I want you to
0: take notice once again. They're talking about their members selling their homes and property and preparing to spend out the rest of their time, etc., Notice they didn't say, wait a second, brothers, we never tried to say the world was ending in 1975. That's not what we're saying. Why are you selling your homes? They didn't say that. They said, surely this will be a fine way to spend the rest of the time before the wicked world's end. Why? Because when they sold their homes and emptied their bank accounts and sold their possessions, where do you think they sent the money? Well, of course, they sent the money to the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses. They sent the money to the governing body, to the so-called faithful, discreet slave, because they believe that if they did this, they would be gaining favor with God. They do not understand that you don't have to buy God's favor by going through some organization. And it's sad to see that they did this to their members. But you're seeing now firsthand through speeches and through their writings that they did say the world was going to end in 1975.
1: Here's more evidence. The 1971 book, The Nations Shall Know That I Am Jehovah, page 216. Jehovah's sword against all those of flesh. Shortly, within our 20th century, the battle in the great day of Jehovah will begin against the modern antitype of Jerusalem, Christendom. In the next audio you're about to hear,
0: it's taken from a 1968 assembly in Texas. I want you to hear how the speaker is talking about that they have less than 83 months left and how they tie 1975 to Armageddon. Socialist Word is in your mouth. This good news must be preached first before Armageddon. There is, There will be now a remaining few months, not really a, a full 83 months remaining, So let's be faithful and confident and we will be alive beyond the war of Babylon. We will be alive beyond the war of Armageddon. Yes, brothers and sisters, by doing this, having plenty to do, we will be alive in God's new system of things to live and share in the work for a thousand years. And there will be plenty to do for the next one thousand years. This next speech was given at the Los Angeles Sports Arena in February of 1975 by Jehovah's Witness Watchtower President Fred France. You're going to be hearing a lot of doublespeak in this message. You're going to hear him say that they're not sure about 1975, but at the same time, he's going to be warning his members they are not to go to college, they are not to pursue higher education, they are not to get married. Why? Because according to him, there's not much time left so according to him there would not be enough time left for you to go to college or get married or anything like that take a listen to what he's saying here
2: Consequently, the sixth creative day came to an end with the creation of Eve now how long after the creation of Adam that was the Bible does not specify. We cannot definitely calculate. But it wants a period of time shorter or longer. Now, if it was just a month after Adam's creation... Then 6,000 years from E's creation would still end in this uh, secular calendar year of 1975. It would end in, in October. If it were two months after Adam's creation, then it would end uh, two months after September the 5th in November. If it were three months after Adam's creation, then the time interval would end in December, early in December. Well before December the 31st. But if it were longer than three months, or if it were a full year after Adam's creation, that he was created, then the 6,000 years of human existence, uh, uh, including Eve, would end in 1976. There were two years, say. Why, then it would end in 1977. So you see. years from the end of the sixth creative day will terminate at the uh, end of this uh, indefinite interval of time. Well, since that is the case, then we do not necessarily have to insist or even expect that everything is going to be through and over with by September the 5th of this year. But rather, 6,000 years of uh, uh, human creation from peace coming on the scene, things could happen in that interval of time that yet uh, remains to be measured off in our experience. Before the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ begins. Therefore, we see... That September the 5th of this year does not mean that we are 6,000 years into the 7th creative day, the 7th day of Jehovah God. And that immediately after September the 5th, why the millennial kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ must begin in order to fulfill the final 1,000 years of God's great 7th creative day. Well, then, after September the 5th, things could happen, and it looks very likely that they're going to happen, according to the way that uh, affairs are going in the world, and according to the intentions of the uh, ruling class of this world. Then, there could come the Great Tribulation in which, first, Babylon the Great, the world empire of false religion, will be utterly wiped out, and the earth be cleansed of all false religion, and this to be followed immediately by the annihilation of all the political powers and superpowers of this world in the battle of the great day of God, the Almighty of Armageddon. And then... Instantly following that, the enchaining of Satan, the devil, and his demons, and the hurling of them into the abyss for a thousand years. And after that, why the thousand-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, would begin. So, we see that God could accomplish uh, this in that interval of time, which should follow uh, September the 5th. 1975, and God can make a speedy work of it. He says he's going to make a short work of it, cut it short in righteousness. And did not the Lord Jesus Christ tell us that uh, this tribulation will be so devastating that if it were not cut short no human flesh would survive but on account of the chosen ones whom God has chosen he has cut short the days and therefore some flesh will survive and that's where the great crowd Preserved through this great tribulation, the Battle of Armageddon as its finale, and the finding of Satan, and the surviving into the righteous new system of things established by God on earth under the heavenly kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it can come. Quickly, within a short time after the terminal day of the lunar year, 1975. And we should not uh, jump to a wrong... uh Decisions on that account and say, well, the time after September the 5th, 1975 is indefinitely long and so it allow for me uh, to realize my uh, human aspirations, getting married and raising a family of kids or uh, uh, going to college for a few years and learning engineering and finding a fine position as an engineer, a civil engineer or electrical engineer engineer or some other prominent uh, fine-paying job. No, the time does not allow for that, dear friends. The time is short, as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 7 and verse 29. The time left is reduced. He said that 1,900 years ago, and it's 1,900 years reduced by now, this year, 1,975, and evidently there's not much time left. So, Jesus warned us that this thing is coming as a thief in a knife. It's going to snap shut like a trap upon the world of mankind, the outbreak of this great tribulation.
0: Some of you are hearing these recordings for the first time, and maybe you want to play them over a few times so that you can see that every time they tell you today they never tried to predict the end of the world for 1975, you know they're not telling you the truth. Because the evidence is right in front of you, right here. The writings that they wrote, the speeches that they gave, as clear as day. If they wasn't saying the world was going to end in 1975, then why did they tell their members, don't get married, don't have kids, don't go to college, because there's not enough time. And just when you thought that it couldn't get worse, when their prediction for 1975 failed to come to pass, what did the leadership of the Watchtower do? Well, I'm going to show you in their own publications. They did not accept responsibility themselves. They instead blamed the members of the group, that their members
1: misunderstood them. Take a listen to this. The Watchtower of March 15, 1980, page 17 and 18. Choosing the best way of life. In modern times, such eagerness, commendable in itself, has led to attempts at setting dates for the desired liberation from the suffering and troubles that are the lot of persons throughout the earth. With the appearance of the book Life Everlasting and Freedom of the Sons of God, and its comments as to how appropriate it would be for the millennial reign of Christ to parallel the seventh millennium of man's existence, Considerable expectation was aroused regarding the year 1975. There were statements made then and thereafter stressing that this was only a possibility. Unfortunately, however, along with such cautionary information, there were other statements published that implied that such realization of hopes by that year was more a probability than a mere possibility. It is to be regretted that these latter statements apparently overshadowed the cautionary ones and contributed to a build-up of the expectation already initiated. In its issue of July 15, 1976, the Watchtower commenting on the inadvisability of setting our sights on a certain date stated, If anyone has been disappointed through not following this line of thought, he should now concentrate on adjusting his viewpoint, seeing that it was not the word of God that failed or deceived him and brought disappointment, but that his own understanding was based on wrong premises. In saying anyone, the Watchtower including all the disappointed ones of Jehovah's Witnesses, hence including persons having to do with the publication of the information that contributed to the build-up of hopes centered on that date. The 1988 yearbook of Jehovah's Witnesses, pages 190 and 191. However, the first few months of the 1926 service year began with a marked decrease in publishers and own Bible studies. This downward trend was to continue for over three years, bottoming out in a 26% decrease in publishers from 32,693 in August 1975 to 24,285 in November 1978. Memorial attendance dropped, too, from over 68,000 in 1975 to 49,545 in 1978. The brothers at the branch were perplexed. Would the trend be reversed? Of course, neither they nor the society were just letting it slide by. The Society's letter of April 4th, 1977 stated, We hope the brothers are careful in their teachings. Evidently, some were very strong on the 1975 date, and so a good foundation was not laid. The foundation, of course, should be faith in Christ Jesus and the ransom sacrifice, and the dedication should be with understanding. A very candid observation, indeed. Too much emphasis was placed on a date by some Bible teachers, Many newly baptized ones took up the truth on a wave of emotion. Even some elders had their hopes pinned to 1975. In addition, materialism seeped into the land as a result of the rapid economic growth in Korea. And nationalism was on the rise, the effect apathy among the brothers. Adult Christians too can be disappointed. And this has in some cases led to spiritual disaster. Some set their hope on a date when they were sure Armageddon would come. When nothing happened on that day, they felt let down. The 1995 yearbook of Jehovah's Witnesses on page 227. There came a time of sifting, that is the removal of the evil ones. There were strong expectations concerning the year 1975 and what it might mean in the fulfillment of Jehovah's purpose. Some set their hearts on that date as the time when the old system would be destroyed and God's new world would be established. When those expectations were not realized, there were some who ceased serving God. A number became apostates. But the vast majority of Jehovah's Witnesses were motivated by love for Jehovah. They knew that God's Word would never fail. Awake June 22, 1995 on page 9. Bible students known since 1931 as Jehovah's Witnesses also expected that the year 1925 would see the fulfillment of marvelous Bible prophecies. They surmised that at that time, the earthly resurrection would begin bringing back faithful men of old such as Abraham, David, and Daniel. More recently, many witnesses conjectured that events associated with the beginning of Christ's millennial reign might start to take place in 1975. Their anticipation was based on the understanding that the seventh millennium of human history would begin then. These earnest views did not mean that God's promises were wrong, that He had made a mistake, by no means, the mistakes or misconceptions, as in the case of the first century Christians, were due to a failure to heed Jesus' caution. You do not know the time. The wrong conclusions were due not to malice or unfaithfulness to Christ, but to a fervent desire to realize the fulfillment of God's promises in their own time. I'm sure some of you for the first time are getting an opportunity to see
0: what the Watchtower Leadership did leading up to 1975. A lot of people's lives were destroyed because of the Watchtower Society. They sold their homes, property, didn't have children during that 10 year period, and they passed the point in their life where they could have children by the time 1976, 1977 rolled in and they found out that the whole thing was a false prophecy. Their lives were destroyed. And as you saw, the Watchtower Society accepts no responsibility to this day for what they did. But this is not the only time they've done something like this. In your 2013 Bible version, they have back here a, a little uh, picture stating that in 1914, Jesus cast a dragon out of heaven. I found that very interesting when I saw it. It says, About 1914 CE, Jesus hurled a serpent, Satan, to the earth, confining him there for a short time. Revelation 12, 7-9 and 12. I found that very interesting because they made a statement concerning 1914 and put no proof. I could say anything happened in 1914. And as you see, or as you're about to see, I'm going to show you what really happened in 1914 from their own writings. First of all, was the original prediction that they made concerning 1914 that Jesus was going to cast a dragon down here? Let's take a look and see what their original prophecy was for the events of 1914. In order to do so, we have to go to the writings that they did before 1914. So we're going to start with this book here called The Time is at Hand. The Time is at Hand. We'll open it up. I'll show you. It's a Watchtower Bible and Track Society publication. We'll put it up on the screen. 1889, Watchtower Bible and Tract Society publication. I'll put it on the screen for you so you'll all see it. On page 76, they make a statement concerning 1914. Now, remember, this is written back in the late 1800s, so 1914 hasn't gotten here yet. 1889 edition it has here. It says... Page 76, bottom paragraph. In this chapter, we present the Bible evidence proving that the full end of the Gentile times, i.e., the full end of their lease of dominion, will be reached in A.D. 1914, and that date will be the furthest limit of the rule of imperfect men. And be it observed, That if this is shown to be a fact firmly established in the scripture, it will prove, firstly, that the date of the kingdom of God, from which our Lord taught us to pray, saying, thy kingdom come, will obtain full universal control, and that it will then be set up or firmly established in the earth on the ruins of present day institutions. Now, when he says present day, he's not talking about our present day. He's talking about his present day, 1914. So we're going to go down this list of things that he said would have to happen, and we're going to ask, did these things happen? So the first thing, firstly, that at that date the kingdom of God from which our Lord taught us to pray, saying, Thy kingdom come, will obtain full universal control, and that it will then be set up or firmly established in the earth on the ruins of present-day institutions. Did that happen in 1914? Secondly, it will prove that he whose right it is to thus take the dominion will then be present as Earth's new ruler, and not only so, but it will also prove that he will be present for a considerable period before that date, because the overthrow of the Gentile government is directly caused by his dashing them to pieces as a potter's vessel Psalms 2.9 Revelation 2.27 and establishing in their stead his own righteous government. Did that happen in 1914? All the government's destroyed dashed into pieces like a potter's vessel? Thirdly it will prove that sometime before the end of A.D. 1914 the last member of the divinely recognized Church of Christ the Royal Priesthood the body of Christ will be glorified with the head because every member is to reign with Christ being a joint heir with him of the kingdom and it cannot be fully set up without every member. Did that happen in 1914? This is what they're prophesying is going to happen. Fourthly, it will prove that from that time forward Jerusalem shall no longer be trodden down of the Gentiles but shall rise from the dust of divine disfavor to honor because the time of the Gentiles will be fulfilled or completed did that happen 1914 fifthly it will prove that by that date or sooner Israel's blindness will begin to be turned away because their blindness in part was to continue only until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in Romans 11.25 or in other words until the full number from among the Gentiles who are to be members of the body or bride of Christ should be fully selected Sixthly It will prove that the great time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, will reach its culmination in a worldwide reign of anarchy, and then men will learn to be still, and know that Jehovah is God, and that he will be exalted in the earth. The condition of things spoken of in symbolic language as raging waves of the sea, melting earth, falling mountains, and burning heavens, will then pass away and the new heavens and new earth with their peaceful blessings will begin to be recognized by trouble-tossed humanity. But the Lord's anointed and his rightful and righteous authority will first be recognized by a company of God's children while passing through the great tribulation. The class represented by M and T on the chart of the ages, see also pages 235 to 239, volume 1. Afterward, Just as it's closed by fleshly Israel and ultimately by mankind in general, seventhly, it will prove that before that day, God's kingdom, organized in power, will be in the earth and then smite and crush the Gentile image, Daniel 2.34, and fully consume the power of these kings. Its own power and dominion will be established as fast as by a varied influence's and agencies, it crushes and scatters the powers that be, civil and ecclesiastical, iron and clay. Seven predictions that they made concerning the events of 1914. Did any of these things happen? I want to stress the fact also today the leadership of the Watchtower Society talks about 1914, 1914, 1914. 1914 What they failed to bring to your attention fully, is they didn't just say 1914 in general. They, just like 1975, had a specific date that was set. Their dates are always set to the lunar calendar. Their date was October 1914. That's when everything was supposed to go down. October 1914. This here is a screenshot from your JW.org site where it says, again, October 1914 was the time of Jesus' reign and all these things supposed to happen. The reason why they just say 1914 in general now is because their prophecies, as you saw the list, and that's just one of the lists, their prophecy failed. What they said was going to happen didn't happen. So they say, now, the entire year of 1914. That way they can encompass World War I and claim that they predicted World War I. In that list you just heard there, there was no World War I. They were talking Armageddon, end of the world, Jesus setting up his kingdom on the ruins of present-day institutions, the end of ecclesiastical domination, the end of political reign, complete Armageddon, and Jesus setting up his full kingdom and full kingdom power by 1914 that is not what happened but you don't have to take my word for it the watchtower in three sources tells you that the events of 1914 that they prophesied to happen never happened the problem is they keep these sources hidden from you here's one this book is called light book one is put together by joseph franklin rutherford second president of the watchtower society Light Book One I'll put it up on the screen for you Light Book One by Joseph Franklin Rutherford 1930 16 years after 1914 Joseph Franklin Rutherford was a member of the Watchtower Society during that time in 1914 he stood alongside Charles H. Russell waiting for the end of the world in Armageddon and when it didn't happen he took some time to write down what happened in this book, Light Book One page 194 the topic is called sackcloth now we who are king james bible people we know what sackcloth is It's talked about throughout the king james bible sackcloth is what the ancients would wear when they were in great despair mourning and depression page 194 this is what he had to say starting with the uh, middle paragraph all the lord's people look forward to 1914 with joyful expectation When that time came and passed, there was much disappointment, chagrin, and mourning. The Lord's people were greatly in reproach. They were ridiculed by the clergy and by their allies in particular, and pointed to with scorn, because they had said so much about 1914 and what would come to pass, and their prophecies had not been fulfilled. One wearing sackcloth usually puts it on himself. God's people on earth, after the reproach that came upon them following 1914, put sackcloth upon themselves as evidence of mourning. Why were they mourning after 1914? He says so, right here. The Lord's people were greatly in reproach, they were ridiculed by the clergy, and their allies in particular and pointed to with scorn because they had said so much about 1914 and what would come to pass and their prophecies had not been fulfilled 1914 as the Watchtower teaches it today dragons being cast down, invisible presence of Jesus coming to the earth whole nine yards, the Watchtower being chosen 1919 as God's organization Never happened. They put it in writing and then they hid the book from you. But it's not hid anymore. 1930, they told you that 1914 was a false prophecy. In the yearbook of Jehovah's Witnesses, 1975, page 72, top paragraph, speaking of 1914, The Bible students certainly found this to be true in their case. Some of their experiences during the year of 1914 through 1916, for instance, brought disappointment and sorrow. Yet Jehovah upheld his people, never forsaking them. It brought disappointment and sorrow. Why? Nothing happened in 1914. I found it interesting in the middle paragraph here, that's what we're quoting somebody from back then. It says, That was a highly interesting time because a few of us seriously thought we were going to heaven during the first week of that October. Why would they think that? Because the Watchtower Society told it. Just like 1975, they led them to believe the world was going to end in 1914. And when it didn't end, they just kept changing the dates yearbook of Jehovah's Witnesses 1975 they admit that the 1914 days of failed prophecy that's two sources the third source I'm going to give you is a speech given by a Watchtower leader and I want you to hear him say clearly he's speaking about 1975 Okay, I want you to hear him say clearly that he does not want to repeat the mistake of 1914 1918 and 1925 what happened in 1914 1918 and 1925 in all three of those years they tried to predict the end of the world and the world didn't end in 1975 as you just saw they were trying to predict an end the world again and the world didn't end again so I want you to hear them say with your own ears I want you to hear it that 1914 was a mistake take a listen
4: Spiritual thoughts to make it a real prophecy for mankind by giving them the Lord's kingdom and His Son, the Lord of the Sabbath. Then so we have to find out, uh, therefore, just when that seventh uh, created day began and where the sixth created day ends. Well, now, when did the sixth created day end? And what relation. As the year 1975 to this matter, well, we have not said that 1975 will mark the heir of this physical organization of Satan and the Devil. We're not making any such prediction as that. We remember the mistake that was made with regard to 1914 predicting what it was going to signify. And we remember uh, the mistake that was made we in the year nineteen hundred and twenty five. There by a calculation based upon the old commodity that was used up there there, I was figured that uh, the grand jubilee, our jubilee uh, would begin. and uh, that that year would be marked by the return of the ancient wordies, as we call uh, them, a man of faith, uh, as a pre-Christian time. And I remember that Brother uh, uh, Robert a discourse, a public discourse uh, given in Keweenaw Temple in Brooklyn, uh, New York, that he said, "It's just turn." After 1925, it'll be your own fault. there are kinds of predictions made regarding that
0: year. It may come as a surprise to you to find out that 1914 was a story completely made up by the leadership of the Watchtower, and they've been carrying this story for a hundred years now. You might ask, why would they continue to lie to you when they know what they're telling you is not true? Why would they continue to do it? It's real simple. The Watchtower Bible and Tract Society Incorporated is a big business. Like Walmart, like McDonald's, like Coca-Cola. They're a big global business. Jehovah's Witnesses outgoing door to door are unpaid salesmen of Watchtower material. Unpaid, but you go out and you do it. They operate under the guides of religion. Why? because by presenting themselves as a religion this big multi-million dollar company now becomes tax exempt so they pretend to be this religious organization presenting you with truth when they know they're just a big business out to make as much money as possible they can care less whether you are satisfied to Jehovah or not because they don't know Jehovah they never have they can care less if they really respected Jehovah they would have stick with the, the Bible they don't they stick with the magazines why because the magazines is what they write this is their words this is God's Word they have no authority over God's Word and they can't sell this King James Bible it's not copyright it's not theirs to sell but if they can convince you to set aside this and to embrace a book written by them Now, they can send you door-to-door to to sell more of their product. So every few years, what do they do? They come up with a new Bible for you to go door-to-door with. They come out every couple of weeks with new magazines for you to go door-to-door with. Your focus is put on the magazines and not the Bible. This is where your focus is supposed to be if you're a Christian. This is supposed to take your time. This is supposed to take your energy. This is supposed to be the focus. As a Christian. Not these magazines. When you have a question and you want to ask God about it, you're supposed to check the scriptures. You're not supposed to check a watchtower index. God didn't write the watchtower index. He inspired the scriptures. When the Bereans were preached to, they listened to what was said, but they didn't go and search the watchtower to find out whether they were being told the truth. They searched the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 1. In times past God spoke to us through the prophets. Today he speaks to us by his son, not by an organization. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's believe the word of God. He speaks to us by his son. What's his son called in the book of John chapter 1? His son is called in verse 14, the word of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation, again, Jesus is called the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 1. In times past, God spoke to us by the prophets. Today, He speaks to us by His Son. His Son is called the Word of God. You want God to speak to you? crack open a King James Bible and let him talk let him talk to you he's not going to speak to you through this the gray mist he's not going to speak to you through this because if you watch the last video you saw where the New World Translation came from and it's tied to the occult and witchcraft that's why they won't tell you where your New World Translation came from they said they want Jehovah to get the glory he gets no glory from this because this came from the occult and witchcraft as I showed you in the earlier video but this Bible King James is translated from completely different manuscripts than all the other versions that are out there. God will speak to you through this, if you'll let him, if you'll believe him, and if you'll trust him. This book is not poison. But the Watchtower Society wants you to believe that this book is poison. This is what they wrote. Remember, Watchtower, August 15, 1981. I want you to hear what the Watchtower leaders believe about the scriptures, about the Word of God. Their honest view, they wrote it. I didn't write it. I'm just reading for you what they said. You can look it up in your index. Watchtower, August 15th, 1981. This is what, he, what they wrote. From time to time, there have risen from among the ranks of Jehovah's people those who, like the original Satan, have adapted an independent, fault-finding attitude. They say that it is sufficient to read the Bible exclusively, either alone or in small groups at home. But strangely, though, through such Bible reading, they have reverted back to the apostate doctrines that commentaries by Christendom clergy were teaching a hundred years ago. They're saying, if you read the scriptures alone, without these magazines, without these other books that they wrote, if you just read God's holy word, you will turn your back on the watchtower. Because you will find out that God's word and the Watchtower's words don't match God's word is holy and pure and unchangeable the Watchtower keeps changing their teachings like uh, what a generation is they keep changing their teachings scriptures don't change this King James Bible has been around for over 400 years and I have one downstairs over 300 years old and I read it like it's a newspaper it's as easy to read as this is it's the same thing word for word the same thing Word for word, this felt words a little differently back then, when that one was written. Word for word, verse for verse, same thing. So here's what I want you to do. I, I understand. When you joined the Watchtower, you joined because you believed that this was your way of reaching God. It's not your way of reaching God. You'll never reach God in the Watchtower. He had nothing to do with that organization from its beginnings. It's just a big company making money by selling books and magazines it is not his organization never has been they call themselves God's channel show me in the scripture where God uses channels I'll show you in the scripture where Satan uses channels channels is witchcraft think about it channels is witchcraft what is that symbol they put on your your kingdom halls and in your books and stuff that symbol they tell you is a watchtower look up a ancient goddess called Artemis and look at what she's wearing on her head she wears on her head the symbol of the watchtower, I begin to wonder why is it that a group of men, the watchtower is completely man run governing body, judicial committees, elders, overseers all men, yet they call themselves the mother they say God the father, Jehovah is the father and they say they are the mother, wait a minute God in my Bible doesn't have a girlfriend, and he doesn't have a wife either. So what God are they following? Look at Artemis' headdress. It should look very familiar to you. Very, very familiar to you. It's the Watchtower symbol. The Watchtower society has ties with witchcraft from its beginnings. This here is one of their books, dating from the early days. The time is at hand. I showed you this earlier. Look at the symbol that's on it. See that symbol? The Egyptian sun god symbol? The time is at hand. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society publication. Put it right here on your screen. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Right there. Trying to get it on the screen there for you. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. There you go. Now I got it. Watchtower Bible and Tract Society right there on your screen. And I'll close the book and there it is. The origins of the Watchtower has been witchcraft from its beginning. It's been witchcraft from its beginning. This is just more stuff they've kept hidden from you. A lot of stuff they've kept hidden from you. Let's get this video ended for video number three by simply going to the Word of God, the unchangeable, unbreakable, true, 100% true, always true, Word of God that doesn't change its definition of what generations is. I'm going to give you the hope that I have. I don't live in fear the world's going to end any minute. I know it's going to end when it ends. And Jesus is going to come back when he said he's going to come back on the last day search the scriptures, you'll find he says it's going to come back on the last day. We don't know when the last day is. But we know there's a series of things that leads up to the last day and we haven't gotten there yet. So the world's not going to end today, it's not going to end tomorrow, it's not going to end next week because there's way too many things to happen. This is what I stand on. If I die today, this is where I stand. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. John explains why he wrote the book of John. He said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. If you as a Jehovah's Witness dies today, no matter how long you've been in the group, you honestly know that you have no clue if you're going to make it you don't know if you've done enough you don't know if you've worked enough you don't know if you'll be found faithful enough and that's one of the big differences between the God of the Watchtower and the God of my King James Bible Jesus said my, my load is easy my burden is light my burden is light the Watchtower's burden is not light their burden is heavy, meeting after meeting after meeting, study after study after study, after study of their books and magazines. Then you got to go door to door and do all that, and then you've got to hope that you're, you're being good enough. As I said in the last video, God is a Father. You don't have to earn your Father's favor. If you try to earn the God of Heaven's favor, you're going to lose him. Because what he's offering you is free. You can't earn it. Jesus, when he died, he paid the full price. You don't have to earn what Jesus purchased for you. He's standing there offering it to you. Will you take it? Or will you tell him no, you choose the watchtower? That's your choice. I'm offering you what Jesus offered me through the scriptures. You want to be in favor with God? It says, believe on the name of the Son of God. He died on the cross. You're taught he didn't die on the cross, didn't you? Aren't you? Let me take two minutes and explain to you how Jesus died. It's so easy. Jehovah's Witnesses often tell me, if you want to know about Jehovah's Witnesses, ask a Jehovah's Witness. No, that's not the way you find out about Jehovah's Witnesses. If you want to know about Jehovah's Witnesses, you read what their leaders wrote. Because their leaders keep a lot of information from the rank and file. Your own elders have letters that are sent to them by the leadership in New York that you've never seen. They've seen it. They have a secret handbook called Shepherd the Flock of God. They'll never show it to you. They're told you're not to show it to anybody. Not to let anybody read it, not even your wife. So what's in it? Why don't you ask your elder about the book? Ask them about it. Bottom line comes down to this. How did Jesus die? It's real simple. In the back of your kingdom interlinear version, they claim that he was hung on an upright beam of wood. You'll find this on page 1156 in your purple interlinear version. We'll put it up on the screen. They claim that he died with both hands over top of his head. They claim they got the picture from a book called De Cruz Liber Primus. When you look at the book De Cruz Liber Primus, I'm going to put the pictures on the screen. What they say the book says and what the book says is two completely different things. Does uh, Joseph Lipsius have a picture of a man with both hands on the top of his head? Yes. Does he say that's how Jesus died? No. Does he have a picture also in his book of a man hanging on the cross? Yes. Does he say that's how Jesus died? Yes. He said, in the Lord's cross, there are four pieces of wood, the upright beam, the cross beam, a piece of tree trunk below, and the inscription above, in the Lord's cross. So why did the Watchtower leaders take this picture from his book and put their own words to it, leading you to believe that Justice Lipsius didn't believe Jesus died on the cross? If you watch the last video, you know that the Watts Leadership over and over have claimed to quote scholars and they have blatantly misquoted scholars. They took out of context what they said. They've been sued on a number of occasions for doing this. They keep doing it anyway. You believe Jesus didn't die on the cross because they took his book out of context. You believe he didn't die on the cross because they choose to have a certain definition for a Greek word rather than looking at history and what it tells us here is the easy way to find out how Jesus died what government killed him? the Roman government is the Roman government still around today? yes does the Roman government have a religious element? yes, called the Vatican does the Vatican show you every single day the way they killed the Son of God? yes it's called a crucifix. You never see the Vatican with a man on a torture stake. It's always a cross. Who would know better how they killed the Son of God than the ones that killed the Son of God? They know how they killed him. They killed him on a cross. They didn't kill him on an upright beam of wood. So why would the watchtower turn around and toss history on its head to make you believe something that they know is not true. Like 1914? You want the truth? Let me give you the truth. The truth is right here in this King James Bible. This is the Bible all the other Bibles attack. Why? because it's the truth it will tell you the truth it will guide you the truth it will lead you the truth and if you follow it you'll be obeying what God tells you it's not too hard to read never has been too hard to read there are tens of thousands of churches all over the world that still use this book don't tell me it's too hard to read it's not hard to understand we live in an information society internet, books and all kinds of stuff where you can find out what the definition of words are this book is not too hard to understand if you just pick it up and read it and all I ask of you is this they taught you so much that was wrong here's the cleanser here's the cleanser to clean it out grab yourself a King James Bible open up to the book of Romans start reading everywhere in this Bible that disagrees with what they taught you let God be true And let every man be a liar. Let God be true. And every man be a liar.